Look at Acts chapter 10. I've been talking about life in the Spirit. Uh, our, our Bible study in uh, Wednesdays is on the book of Acts. So we really enjoyed that. We've had some really great discussions and good attendance. Appreciate everybody that's uh, been a part of that. I know many of you are also joining uh, Pat and Robin as they do theirs on Wednesday. So good things are happening. Betsy's Bible study on Thursday is going well. I see a lot of ladies coming out. Thank you, Father. Life in the Spirit. We can walk in the Spirit. We can live a life filled with, guided by, empowered by the Holy Spirit. God, when He departed, when Jesus departed, He said, I'm going to send another comforter to you. What an amazing thing that God says, in other words, I'm going to come, I'm going to live on the inside of you. You say, I've heard you say that before. You'll hear me say it again because I, I don't know if we've grasped that. I don't know if I have. I want, to, I want to realize that God, the creator of the universe, by his spirit, lives on the inside. Boy, isn't it an awesome thing? <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's the truth, praise God. But we, we don't have to follow him. We don't have to yield to him. We can quench him. We can resist him. And sometimes we do. I've done, all of us have. Sometimes we say, I don't know if I'm resisting him or not. But you know, if you're born again, you're born of the Spirit. That means in the deepest part of you, your spirit, the Holy Spirit has changed you. And he lives there. I was reading, I've read it before. If you've never read it, it's worthy of your time. But it's uh, Benny Hinn's book on Good Morning Holy Spirit. When he was a young man, he got saved, really turned on to God. Uh, and he went to a Catherine Kuhlman meeting. And man, the presence of God was all over him. He didn't know anything about those type of things. And he said at one time in the service, he got third row in front. So they had to run to get a front row. There's some people had stayed there and slept there on the steps of this convention center, wherever it was, all night just to hear her. And he said he was about the third row. And he said during the service, all of a sudden she began to cry. She said she began to sob. And the staff later said she had never done that before. And then she stopped and she pointed her long finger. She's kind of a skinny gal. And she said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. He said, he's all I've got. Don't grieve my friend. I thought, wow. Can the Holy Spirit be a friend? Absolutely. He wants to be more intimate with us than we want to be. Well, that's what we've been talking about. I, 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 want, I want to be filled with him. I want to know him because God is real. God's a person. Father, Son, Holy Father, Son, or, or Spirit, or persons, but so is the Holy Spirit. Mm. Transformed his life. Well, read that book if you've never read it. Chapter 10, verse 1 of the book of Acts. <clears throat> it says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. He was a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment a regiment or cohort. He was a devout man and, and one who feared God with all his household and gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. Now, uh, the Roman army was made up into legions, which was about 5,500 to 6,000 soldiers. And there were, I think, 28 legions during these times right now. The legions were divided into cohorts, 
of about between 500 and 800 men. And the cohorts were divided into to, uh, centuries or, or guided by, uh, divided into centuries. A century was like a captain. So he was a respected uh, military authority. If you that have been in the military, captain's pretty high up there. And he was part of the Italian regiment or cohort. Now, Rome ruled. Well, of course, Rome was in Italy. So this was a very prestigious group of people because all the soldiers didn't come from, from Rome. They were scattered all around uh, the, the, the world. The Bible says in verse 2, he was a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. He gave alms. Alms was simply a charitable gift generously to the people, and he prayed to God always. Then about 3 o'clock in the afternoon or the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and he, of course, was afraid. And uh, the angel said, he said, what is it, Lord? The angel said, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. And then he told him to send men to Joppa, which was also on the coast. Caesarea was on the coast. Joppa was about 30 miles south. And he said, for a, a man named Simon... He's staying with a, a guy who is a tanner. He's lodging with Simon, who's a tanner. Of course, his name also is Simon. His surname is Peter. And he said, he'll tell you what to do. Now, this is an awesome story. Now, we'll read what happened the, at the end of the chapter. But when, I'm, when I think about it and I pray about it, I say, God, you know, we're, we're human and, and we got our weaknesses. We all know that. And I also know You've said, Lord, in your word that we're the temple of God. So your Holy Spirit, who is power, who, who's God, we can't divide the Trinity, right? We can maybe in, in studying and understanding, but God is a spirit. So I know, God, you're, you're capable of anything. I'm telling you, when I look at the stars and, and realize there's trillions, uh, and, and some say the, the universe is expanding, I think, and Why? Simply because God said, he spoke and it started and it's, his word is continuing to work. I think, God, you're so awesome. You're so powerful. And yet you've put, you, you, sometimes I say, Lord, you know, why do you pay attention to us? You know, the, the psalmist said the same thing. Lord, you know, who, who are we that you take notice of us? But God did. We are the center, you could say, of his attention. He cares, cares more about us. Then he does the planets and the trees and the animals. He cares about all that, but he cares about us more. And God in his wisdom has put himself in us. And then said, now what I want you to do is walk in that. What, what do you mean walk? Well, I mean live it out. Stay in step with my spirit that I've given you. And if you will... Well, number one, you overcome Galatians 5. You overcome the flesh. But not only that, it opens us to a, us to a new world, you could say, of miracles and gifts. And we can look at the book of Acts and say, you know, I say, some don't. I say, this is our, this is our guide. This is our example. This is what God wants to do. If he did it then, Jesus said, the works that I do, shall you do also? We can look at the life of Jesus. said, you did this and you healed. You, you did all these kind of wonderful things. If you did that, you said, we're going to do those same works and greater than these shall we do because Jesus went to the Father. 
I say, God, that's, that's awesome. And, and, and yet here we are and, and we don't see it sometimes. We don't see the, the leadership and the power of the Spirit of God like they did in the book of Acts. And I say, Lord, why? Show us. Show us what do we need to do. I've been saying, God, what do you want us to What do you want New Beginning Fellowship Church to do? What are we supposed to do? I mean, some folks look at as I was listening to a, 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 a little seminar, I guess you could say, on uh, the Holy Spirit, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And a pastor, I, and I don't recall his name, but I think he's on TV, I believe. But he, he said this. He said, Basically, he said, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the same thing as salvation. And I said, well, I, I don't see it like that. I see it a little differently. That's okay. But he said this about Acts. He said, the books of, book of Acts is a descriptive of what God was doing at the time. But it's not prescriptive. It's not a prescription. You go to the doctor and they give you a prescription. It's, it's, a, it's a prescribed regimen of medicine that you're supposed to take. And I thought, it's not? I know it's a description. I can. I got you there. But you're saying this is not a prescription from God. Well, if it's not, what is it for? Is it just? It's a. It's a history that absolutely has no application to us. What parts are we going to consider it not prescriptive? They preached the gospel. Maybe we're not supposed to preach. Well, you know, they healed the sick. They did all these things. Well, I think God bless him. You know, I, there's a. I don't know much, and he's just like me. I think he missed it. You know, we've all missed it. But I say, God, show us. Well, in my prayer, I saw some things here that I believe God's saying to us. So can you, can you open your heart and receive this? Because this guy got it. Let's go ahead and read what happened in chapter 10, verse 44. Peter goes to the house, uh, and we'll kind of fill in some things, but he goes to Cornelius' house he begins to preach, verse 34. Let me just kind of just summarize his message. Verse 34, he says, uh, Peter says, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know. So they, evidently they had some understanding and knowledge of the gospel which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And then he preaches Jesus crucified and raised from the dead. And he says the prophets talked about this Messiah. And then verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision, in other words, the Jewish Christians, not the Gentile, but the Jewish Christians who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that they should not be baptized who had received the Holy Spirit just as we have? He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they asked him to stay a few days. <clears throat> Well, that was the beginning of a tremendous move of God in the city of Caesarea. And it started with this guy who was a Roman soldier. He, he was a Roman leader. But I want you to notice verse 2. Because I said, I, when I saw, read this, I said, that's, that's a big part. It says that he was a devout man. 
Now, when, when I read all this, I say he's a devout man. He feared God. He was a giver. He gave to the poor. And he prayed to God always. And if you look at verse 30, it suggests when he's explaining uh, what the angel said to Peter, uh, at least the New King James and other translations says he was fasting. So, now think about it. He was generous. He was a devout man. He was a good man. He was a part of a Roman. He was a military leader. And the Romans had oppressed, controlled Israel since like 63 B.C. And yet, he's praying to God always. He's fasting. He's not a Christian, you know. He's maybe heard about Jesus. He's heard some things. He's not a Jew. He doesn't have that covenant. He's, he doesn't have the new covenant. But because he's seeking God, and because of his character, God responds to him. And Peter says, God shows no partiality. What does that mean? That means you, every one of us, can experience his fullness. We can be filled up with him to overflowing so that from within us will flow rivers of living water. Meaning from within us will come forth gifts of the spirit, the power of God, a strong witness. God can do all kinds of awesome things through every one of us because he's not a respecter of persons. But he does respect commitment. He was devout. What does that mean? He was simply committed to what he knew. And you know, he didn't know much. All right. He didn't know a whole lot. That's why the angel said, go get Peter and he'll show you some things. So he didn't know much, but he walked, listen to this, he walked in the light, you could say the revelation of what he did know. Now think about that. We always strive for more knowledge and more understanding. I understand that. But you know, if we walk in the understanding, the revelation of what we do know, man, that'll go a long ways. And what do we know? Number one, we know we're supposed to love God with all our heart. Number two, we're supposed to love our neighbors ourselves. If we'll simply do those two things, what we know, it will go a long ways. He was a devout man. He was devoted to God according to his knowledge. How devoted, how committed are you? How committed to the Father and what you know? You say, but I don't know a lot of things. Well, I don't either. We know a little thing. But how committed, you, you know God, you know Jesus how committed are you to him? That's between you and God. He was devout. Not only that, he was devout with all his household. We could talk about that too. But then he gave alms generously. Now let me say this. He, he, he gained, you could say that when the Holy Spirit fell, he was saved and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. You could say at the same time, uh, if you want to look at it like that. And, and you know, to get born again, you don't have to to do a lot of religious things. You don't have to be devout and so on. You don't have to give. You don't have to fast and pray to be saved. You just got to receive by faith what God's already done. Okay? So that, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm just talking about living that spirit-filled, spirit-led life. He was devout, number one. Secondly, he feared God. He honored. And that fear is a respect. It's a reverence for God. He revered God. He honored him to the best of his ability. Do I fear God? You know, I've thought about that many times. So Lord, do I really fear you? Well, if, if I did, what would that mean? Well, he feared God and he was a giver and he was a prayer, even possibly a faster. <laughs> because he feared and honored God, 
He, he committed to what he knew, how he himself could obey and honor God. And one of the ways, he must have had some money because he gave to the people very generously. Good for him. Again, again, I'm not talking about getting saved. I've got to give this certain amount, and maybe I'll get born again. No. And, and you can't buy the Holy Spirit. You can't say, I'm going to give enough, then maybe God will fill me with No, you can't do that. He was simply acting upon his respect and honor of God. And you know, if we fear God, we're going to be generous people. And we are, by the way. You are. And he prayed to God always. And, and when I read that, I said, Lord... Here he is. He's a Roman soldier. That means he, he, he wasn't retired, okay? He was working. And how in the world did this guy pray to God always? And he, he prayed so much, it impressed. It connected with the Father. God heard his prayers. He sent an angel, and the angel said, Your prayers and your giving, your charitable gifts to the poor and the needy have come up as a memorial before God. God has heard you, and he's remembered what you, you, you're seeking him. Isn't that something? I wonder if my prayers and my giving and fasting come up as a memorial before God. Read the book of Revelation, they do. The incense, you see the incense going up before God and the Bible says it's the prayers of the saints. You know, here's one of the, here's one of the great keys it is Cornelius, he didn't just pray one time. He, he didn't just pray, well, I'm going to try, try it for a week or a month or a year. No, I believe he continued. He was persistent. He was steadfast. He was seeking God. And he probably was not expecting. He wasn't doing this because maybe if I do this, maybe God will answer me and he'll do some great things, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I don't think he was doing that. He was just seeking just to no, I'm going to do this because I love God. Whether God responds or not, no matter what happens, I'm going to seek God. Now, can you say amen to that? Because we need that same attitude. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to obey God. I'm going to give as the Lord leads. And I'm going to help the poor. And I'm going to fast as God leads. I'm going to be committed as much as possible. And whether any, I have any experience or not, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to have experiences because I believe God. It's biblical. But whether I do or not, I'm going to do it because I fear and love this Father, this creator of the universe. Because I love God. And I'm going to act on that love. He came up as a memorial before God. Well, so he does what uh, the angel tells him to do. And I, it's interesting when they went to Peter, when his workers, his whoever he sent, uh, sent to Peter in verse 22, it says, they said to Peter, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation." of the Jews was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon to you, you to his house and hear words from you. They who worked for him says he's a just man. He fears God. He's got a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews. It's so interesting. Here he is. Like I said, you know, Rome conquered uh, the Greeks in 63 BC who controlled Israel so they'd been under Roman rule for quite a while, and they gave them a lot of liberty. But uh, here's this man who no doubt probably grew up here in, in the Palestine area, and he's developed, think about it, he's developed a love for these people. That's interesting, isn't it? He, he, he loved and he honored the nation of Israel. Well, that's a good key too, because the Bible says if we bless Israel, 
He's going to bless us. He says, he's going to tell you words. So they, they uh, send for Peter. Peter comes in. Look at verse 25. Verse 24, I'm sorry. The following day, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was waiting for them. Now think about it. It was about 30 miles after Cornelius had his experience. He sent people down to, uh, to Joppa, 30 miles or so south. They have to go walk. You know, they're walking or riding a donkey or whatever they got around. Didn't have cars. So they went down there. They got Peter. He had to come back. So it's been at least a couple of days. But he calls together his relatives and close friends. <clears throat> now, the fact is, since they didn't have cell phones, they didn't know when Peter and his group were going to come. They didn't know. But they were there waiting on him. You know, that really speaks to me because I realize in our culture, and like I said after the worship, I said, you know, I, sometimes, even yesterday, I was spending some good time with the Lord, and, but it, it's hard to just stop. I mean, because so many things going by, man, I need to do this, and I need to, need to do that. We had that storm Friday, you know, and it, it broke a big old branch off of the tree out in the front yard. It's going to take a little work to get it down. I'll get it down, but I, I haven't got it down yet. And I thought, maybe I need to go ahead and do that and so on. But, you know, the people of, of ancient times, even in a lot of cultures today, they, they, they have more peace with just sitting and waiting. I told you when I went to the funeral in Kinshasa of Bishop Jonathan, in March, that the funeral started on uh, Friday, I think, and they they went and picked his body up. I was with them. They mourned during that period, and they, they brought his body back and set him there in the church. It's very nice. The church was filled with people. That was that morning. So we sat there while they had some praise and worship. They had a sound system. They've had some praise and worship music going. A few people said a couple of things, and... Uh, so my interpreter, I said, so what's, what's the plan for the rest of the day? He said, no, just nothing. We're just going to sit here. Okay. So I sat there about an hour. And finally, I said, why don't you get somebody to take me back to the hotel? I said, I'm not accomplishing anything right here. You know? But I'm telling you, they sat there the whole day. I, the, the whole day. Some of them even slept at the church. I mean, we don't think like that. We get in a hurry. But, you know, Cornelius called his friends his close friends and his relatives, and they just waited. They said, we're going to wait for this. God is going to visit us. I just wonder sometimes if, if you and I would get before God sometimes and just wait. You know the church, you've heard of it, Bethel, out in California, Redding, California. Uh, Bill Johnson's the pastor. You know, he's taught the people just to wait on the Lord. They have rooms, prayer rooms, and they have pillows. Because Steve, you know, Steve came and spoke to us once, Steve Gleason. And he, he's been there. And uh, I think he was in that church for a little while. But he said they have a room and they have pillows on the floor. And he was talking to some people. He said, man, I see God's really moving this church. But, and I want, I want some of that. And, and one of the fellows said, well, why don't you just come three times a day and come and just sit. Music, soft music is playing in the background. There's pillows on the floor. Just get down before God. Just wait. And he did. And God visited him. The Lord did some awesome things. We're not used to waiting. Lord, help us to just slow down. You see, Cornelius knew there was something 
to wait on. If you and I can really believe, if I wait on the Lord, Isaiah 40 says, my strength will be renewed. In my Christian life, I can say this, times when I've waited extra, not just minutes, but maybe a few hours, God has always refreshed me. I'm not saying I've all, it doesn't guarantee you're going to have some kind of vision or dream. I mean, that'd be great if you do. You may, but that's up to the Lord. God's call for us is to do just what Cornelius was doing, and that's just to seek the Lord. I think, man, he had, here he is, he, he, he's got a full-time job as a, in a leadership position in the military, and still he's got time to do all this other stuff. Well, Lord, you know, he prayed to God always. Let me just say that, say this real quickly about this, and we'll, we'll close. You know, as you're driving down the, the road, when you see people maybe walking or you pass someone, I, I do this sometimes, don't do it all the time, but sometimes I see somebody on the road, and I'll just say, Father, just, Lord, minister to them. You know, if they're, maybe if they're talking to themselves, Lord, just set them free, God. Just take authority over that demon, because that's kind of a guess that that might be the case. And, and there's a lot of folks like that, isn't it? Sure, you see them. And maybe you just, you just come up against somebody uh, next to someone at the light. And you look over and here's, here, here's an, an old couple or so or young couple or whatever, young guy or gal. Father, just minister to them. Lord, send a labor about them. We don't know who they are, but just to pray. And then as you go in now, Lord, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you, Lord, for our church. Thank you that I'm saved. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the, the book that Tom gave us. A couple of Wednesdays ago. <laughs> That's changed some of your lives, by the way. It's on the tongue, Charles Capps. Thank you, Father, for my wife. Thank you for our family and the kids. And thank you for your love. And just to be thanking God. You can pray to God always. Well, so i close with this. Peter is preaching. Peter. Peter's not a perfect guy. But they believe. It says in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. They were hearing the word, but they were doing more than hearing. They were believing. Because I promise you this, if half of them would have said, I don't know about this, you know, I don't know about this Jesus and, and all that, these things. Who is this guy anyway? He was just a, I heard about Peter. I mean, he was a fisherman. I don't know, you know, what do we listen to this guy anyway? If they'd have had that attitude, it wouldn't have happened, right? They were hearing, but they were also believing. They were believing. And they were just simply there. They were, uh, Cornelius is a humble guy. He fell down before Peter and, and, and even worshiped him. Peter said, no, don't do that. You know, I'm just a man just like you. But he respected. That's, that's one thing that we in our, in our culture often struggle with, particularly in the church. And, and you guys have a tremendous respect for me, for Pat, for others in authority, and I appreciate that. But, you know, in, in their culture, Authority was respected. You didn't have a whole lot of choice. I was listening to Rick Renner being interviewed um, on uh, one of the Christian radio stations. Rick Renner has a church in Russia, and he's been there for years. And he said this. He, saw, he said, as far as authority, like in the church, you know, we sometimes have problems here, and someone, you know, this one or that one will try to, you know, overcome and uh, rebel against authority. He said, you know, we don't really have that in Russia because they're taught to obey the authorities when they're very young. All of them have to, have to participate in the military. That's what he said. And uh, they learned that. Well, Cornelius, a centurion, understood authority. And he looked at Peter, and Peter was just Peter. 
but he recognized his spiritual authority. He gathered his family together. They believed it. And while they were speaking, the Holy Spirit fell. And when he did, they, the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out, and they spoke with tongues, and they magnified God, and then they were baptized. You know, some folks say, well, you've got to be baptized before you're saved, but they were filled with the Spirit, spoke in tongues, and magnified God before they were baptized in water. And the, the Jewish Christians, they were impressed, and they knew that they had received the gift of the Holy Spirit because, verse 46, because they did hear them speak in tongues and magnify God. Hallelujah. Well, powerful story. Amen. Well, I say, Lord, just uh, pour your spirit out on us. You know, I know I've received the spirit, and I, and I have said before, and I don't want you to, to discount what you have. You've been born again. You've got the spirit. Maybe you've had experience with the spirit. You've been filled. Acknowledge that. Believe in it. Believe in the power of God within you. But also seek for more. Seek for more. Praise the Lord. Seek for more. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. Thank you, God, for a good word. What an awesome historical experience for this Roman soldier and his family and his friends. You poured out your spirit, O oh God. And Lord, you said in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Here we are, God. We know, dear God, we can't do this thing without you. Father, we want to seek you more than we've ever sought you before. If, we were, if, if there's some lack, God, in our devotion, Lord, forgive us. God, forgive us. We'll, we'll renew our commitment to you, Father. Oh, God, we love you, Lord. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I just, uh, I just sense that Cornelius knew he feared God, but I believe he had a revelation that God loved him, but also God loved the Jewish people. He respected them. He helped them. That's neat. God still love his, loves Israel. He loves us. Uh, I want to seek him. I want to seek him, and I want to be filled. I want a fresh filling, whatever you want to call it. God, that's what I want from you. That's what I want for the saints, the people of God.